Hey, Lavish Jewels here. I have lots to talk about. If you're here from YouTube, you know that I got a lot going on there. And I'm going to transfer some of that over here, if I can. Hopefully, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, welcome to the Tiny Mike Talks podcast, hosted by me. When it's uploaded, I'll always let you know on YouTube. I'm a burlesque performer and drag king and queen, because I do it all parent big time snacker with reviews coming soon and an anim an anime advocate do lots cosplay and witchy things it's real fun and i hope you'll join me for the ride hey there today's topic is burlesque Hopefully you've listened to my first episode about my burlesque experiences, but I'll sprinkle in a few here and there about me as well. Today, we are talking to Polly Amore of the Brucity Bombshells in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She is celebrating her 10 year anniversary of doing burlesque. Woo, yay! So we're gonna be going over some things about how she started, how she feels now, especially right now, since we're going through a pandemic. And producing her own shows, specifically doing Nerdless, which if you don't know what that is, it's integrating cosplay into Burlesque X. It's gonna be great. Hope you tune in. She puts the sin in innocence. She's the girl next door and so much more. Hope you'll enjoy listening to this interview with Polly Amore. I'm doing more with my podcast than I am with burlesque these days. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's oof. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because trying to do shows online right now is not a thing for me. Yeah, I have not been able to make it work yet. I was really hoping to, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I am going to figure out a space. I am going to figure out how I can do this. And I'll have, you know, my husband record it or whatever, you know, like, I, mm -hmm. and nothing, nothing has happened. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel takes... comfortable going to a bar and recording, even if it's empty. I just don't really want to do that. So, mm -hmm. eh. Yeah. Yeah, like I might do that, but I'm like, uh, it's very different without an audience. It's just so different. Oh my god, yeah, I can't even imagine. I Ugh. there's just no energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's just all my energy, and I like tire myself out without giving or without getting any energy back. And it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna go sleep now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, ugh. and like I've tried to do some stuff at home, and I just. I just feel like I'm going to knock things over in my house. Like, no matter how much I move stuff out of the way, I'm like, I'm going to run into, like, my kitchen counter or, like, my fridge or something. So I don't know about all that. Yeah. And I haven't really seen anyone doing stuff at their own house unless they have, like, a studio space, like a mm -hmm. dance space. Um, mm -hmm. So I haven't seen anyone. Although it would be really interesting to just have people doing burlesque in, like, their bathroom and kitchen, and, you know, like, our bedroom. I mean, I've seen some of that. It would be funny. And it could be a whole theme, you know, like mm -hmm. pandemic burlesque, but, um, but yeah, I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I guess I follow a lot of people online. So I've seen a lot of various kinds of settings and 
people like making home music videos out of what they do in their house, like being in their tub and just like being in front of their sink and then being in their kitchen and then like on their couch. I'm like, wow, okay, great job. I, That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I can do all that. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I have a whole house, but it's yeah. like nothing is, I, I have such a small house and we have so much stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's actual space to dance, <laughs> you know? I don't mm-hmm. Like, I think about when I first started, I started, um, like, practicing. I lived in, like, a, like, I moved from a whole house to a studio apartment, and it was awful. Yeah. But I was able to practice in, like, the little space that I could make in my apartment. And I was like, man, I remember that, but I never actually want to do that again. And I yeah. wouldn't feel great about putting a video of that online, you know, for people to, like, pay for. They'd be like, this is not that great. They'd be like, what are you doing? Right, right. Well, and I was like, can I do a whole burlesque number just like on my bed? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, it kind of made sense, I guess, but it would almost mm-hmm. have to be a theme for that number. Yeah. And I haven't really had any good ideas for that yet. So I haven't done it. Yeah. Well, bedtime burlesque, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like sleep paralysis burlesque, someone just staying in the corner. I like your sleep paralysis. <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be terrifying. Ugh, I just scared myself in my own house. But <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting. It's my bed is too creaky. I don't know if you can hear it. No. Hopefully. Good. Good, good. It's loud. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I've had it for too long. But anyways, let's get to the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, or how do you start? <laughs> um, well, I wish I had one of those little um, party favor things that went like, <laughs> I only have like those poppers that are really loud, and that's too loud. Um, but I want to say congratulations on 10 years of performing burlesque. Woo! Yeah, I'll add one of those in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although this oh last goodness. year number 10 has definitely been pretty uh, lacking, but yeah. Yo, <laughs> same. Started. Ugh, yeah. Ugh. I was so excited because this is my fifth year performing and I'm like, yeah, big anniversary in October. Nothing oh. doing because it's not a thing. Yeah, I had been planning the September burlesque show for, I feel like since last September because I... Mm-hmm. It'll be my 10 year. I want to have a big geeky themed burlesque show. Yeah. I'm so excited, you know, and uh, yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, uh, like, obviously, I'd rather be safe than party, right? You know, but yeah, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. And, you know, honestly, hopefully, hopefully next year we'll be able to be doing uh burlesque and i can have an 11th year or a 10 year plus one and something (laughs) weird you know yeah we could just not count 2020 we were so so excited for it for it to be 2020 for it to be like the 20s again yeah we had so many plans we were gonna Mm -hmm. have you know oh my god yeah there was so much (sighs) nothing (laughs) yeah uh just a, a fart of a year well worse than a fart but yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what, what would have been a fart, and there was uh, it ended up much worse. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. So, yeah, 
I wish. Well, I think I don't know if I have your new address. Maybe I'll double check. You should. I, wanna, I think you sent me pictures. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I love sending people mail all the time, especially right now. Port in the postal service. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, just first question. Well, I already talked about how you or asked essentially how you feel about it right now. But overall, how do you feel about having been in the Perlesse community for ten years? Oh, how do I feel about it? Um, well, I mean, it definitely has its ups and downs. Like mm-hmm. I, doing this ten years has been. I've worked with a lot of people, and I've I've found out what kind of personalities I work really well with and what kind of personality that I um, clash with. But even if people I clash with, um, my experience has been a lot of the burlesque performers have been so professional, even Mm -hmm. if there's like drama, like even if there's drama, the show must go on, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's the people who, 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 like think, well, the show won't go on, so I just won't show up. Like those people don't last. They don't do burlesque for very long. Like they're in and out of the scene and they're a blip, you know, but the people (laughs) who are professional enough to like set their drama aside, go on stage and do their number and then like go home or whatever the case may be, you know, or just like Mm -hmm. confront the issue and, and solve the shit, you know, like those are the people who get booked and who continue to stay in troops and who uh, are really great and wonderful to work with. So I've just found that there can, there, there's a really great community, especially our community that, um, that is welcoming and diverse and helpful to, to new folks. And again, and uh, everyone has a different experience with it. I've just found that it's been really welcoming for myself. And so I, and I've tried to be welcome to other people, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I just feel like ugh, it's been, it's been quite a ride. It's definitely had, uh, there's been ups and downs, you know, even just with the bombshells with our troop, mm-hmm. there was a full year where we did not call ourselves the bombshells, mm-hmm. where we had to step away from the troop. Almost, almost the entire troop broke off from the like management team and became yeah. a different troop for a full year. And then we just kind of decided that that was silly. Uh, we kind of mended ties, uh, <laughs> reconstructed burnt bridges, you know, yeah. like, and, and we regrouped and, and, and that was great. And I, I think that we did it in a, as adult and professional way as we possibly could. And we were able to reunite as the bombshells once again. And, and that was really great. So so there have definitely been some ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster ride, but I don't know. It's really just made my like, it's just a really great loving community, very body positive. That's the biggest like takeaway that I've had over the course of 10 years is like loving my body has been such a, a change. And my body has changed a ton in the past 10 years. Obviously I've had a kid, mm-hmm. I, you know, like I've aged, I, I'm not 22 anymore. And and yet I have more body confidence now at, than I did when I was 22 and, you know, a uh, tiny little thing in college. Like I, I, I love like how different my body is and I love how uh, accepting and body positive the burlesque community is and how body positive our audience like are generally. Yeah, yeah usually are. 
yeah like it's it's so awesome it's such a different a different community than like I guess social norms or the average like what pop culture will make you feel like you need to look like mm-hmm. and and that has been really refreshing and wonderful yeah yeah so with all those things in mind do you remember like what made you want to perform like what when, what made you like start to see yourself being able to get up on stage and express the way you wanted to express yourself through performance and dance Oh yeah. Um, so I had actually started in, so I I was, I've been in love with the idea of burlesque dancing since I saw the movie Gypsy about, um, yeah. So I saw, I saw that movie when I was like four or five, the, um, 1960s Natalie Wood movie about Percy Rose Lee. Uh, and so I, I was obsessed with that movie. It's a musical and I really love the songs since I was a really young kid. And then, of course, you know, getting into my teen years and being like a chubbier girl, I was like, oh, well, that's just not for me. I, I could never do that. In high school and college, I got into theater again, just as like a um, mus- in, into musicals. Mm-hmm. And so that helped kind of my stage fright and my self-esteem a little bit. But in a like I'm a background character of a musical kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And I got really into burlesque, or not burlesque, like kind of burlesque themed, uh, pinup themed photography in college, um, and being a model, not not doing the photography, but being a model. Yeah. And, and actually, a lot of the photographers that I worked with locally had also done a lot of the photography for some of the bombshells, some of the founding members of the bombshells. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so we just, we had shared this common link of photographers and I was like, well, you know, and I was talking to one of them one day and I said that the bombshells were holding auditions and he was like, you should do it. And I was like, nah, I could never do that. You know, like, and he's like, well, I know, I know some of the leaders of that community and they're great. They, they might seem intimidating, but just talk to them. <laughs> like, I think you should. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and, and I specifically, so this was probably 2008. Um, mm-hmm. I had a boyfriend who was not my boyfriend at the time. And I remember talking mm-hmm. to him about it. Mm-hmm. And he's not my boyfriend for a very good reason anymore. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I said something, you know, along the lines of I'm thinking about burlesque. And I would like to maybe get into that. And it, it could be really fun. And he said, who would want to pay to see that? Ugh. Uh, yeah. And I was kind of devastated. And I, and at the time, I think, you know, I had just a different idea about my body in general. And I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, who would want to see that? Who would want to pay oh. to see that? You know, yeah. And so it, it stuck with me. And I it made me at the time the bombshells were holding auditions, and I didn't do it. And, and I waited a full year, and they held the auditions again. And I remember thinking like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? People will want to pay to see me, God damn it. You know, and I, I was so mad and it kind of like, it took a full year for me to think about it and just like stew on this like offhanded thing that he probably didn't even think twice about saying. But then I was like, no, no, I think that, I think people, I'm really a creative person. I think I could have a lot of really fun with this. I think people could want to see me. And so I don't even think, you know, I didn't even, I don't know if I even told my, my boyfriend about it, but I was like, I'm going to audition for the bombshells. I'm going to do this. Uh, And I auditioned and I got in and it was almost a fuck you to my boyfriend. You know, (laughs) it was like almost a, like, 
I'm going to prove to myself and to everyone else who doesn't necessarily think I can do it, that I can do this. Um, and eventually he came around to not only like knowing that I can do burlesque, but that, that it is actually a really fun and awesome thing. I think he was mostly just insecure about having a girlfriend who's doing burlesque, which is its own topic. So that's how I kind of got into it was first like photography, having the same um, local photographers as some of the bombshells. And then, and then just like needing to prove to myself that like, this is something I can do. This is something I have loved the idea of since I was literally four or five years old. And uh, yeah, and I just went for it. You having that dream since you were so young and not just like having to prove it to someone else, but to yourself and this opportunity coming once you saying, or I guess stepping back from it and then taking that chance a second time and getting in that to me seems like it was really meant to be, you know? Mm, Yeah. 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 It felt like it. It felt like it at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, oh my God. That's so amazing. That's amazing. And you were 22 at the time. Uh, 23 when I, I, 22 when I initially started to get into like photography and, and, and all of that. And then 23 when I first auditioned. Mm. Whoa. And then you had just gotten into a troupe and you hadn't done, you were like more background when you were doing stage productions and stuff. Um, so in high school, like I had been in two musicals and I was a, uh, like a, a side lead character, like, I don't know, fourth or fifth down the line of, of main characters, you know, like mm-hmm. I was in Bye Bye Birdie and I played the main character's mom. And like, oh. she had a, she had her own song, but like she wasn't like the main character, right? And then in Guys and Dolls, I was like a grandma, you know? Oh. <laughs> like, so uh, again, had their own song, but wasn't a main character. And so I, uh, and I don't know why I was like typecasted as an old lady. I'm yeah. not quite sure what that's about. Uh, <laughs> that's I, was in, I was a teenager, but yeah, yeah. it just happened that way. Uh, yeah. And then in college, I was very much in the background. So nothing super um, big or elaborate there but it was a lot of fun and it was I learned a lot about you know even just being in the background and and Mm -hmm. kind of shining even if you're in the background or if you're just a background singer Um, yeah so it was a lot of fun and theater people are my people you know like those are that's my crowd so yeah 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 that's like oh man I was so sad when I got to like middle school and high school right when I was getting into them all the budgets were cut for like those extracurricular stuff so oh, like no. yeah so like kids who had come from schools that had drama club and like theater stuff were very disappointed and I was like man I want to do that and they're like man me too <laughs> why does everything <laughs> stop and and like was it I don't know if y'all had ever performed at the Majeska theater on the south side it's on on like Mitchell street but I think I can't um, remember what but no I think it was always under construction yeah, it was under construction for a couple of years until they just like closed it down because like they weren't going to make any more money or like they didn't have any, I guess, faith in the community that they were going to support it. But there were so many theater kids that I know that were so sad when they finally announced that they were just not going to reopen. And that yeah. building is still there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, if any we, of us win the lottery, like, God yeah. damn, <laughs> we're going to get some take, shit done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take so many of these old theaters that are just abandoned and just revamp them into cabarets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would be, I mean, it would do so well, I feel like, but I, don't know. I, I really think so. Yeah. I mean, I think this town would really, would really like that, especially being a, I guess, essentially a, um, 
a throwback, uh, a city that was that very much thrived on like bootlegging. Yeah. <laughs> and things of that nature. When you were in high school and college, you did plays that involved singing. How long mm-hmm. did it take for you to like incorporate your singing into your performance with burlesque? Um, so I always knew that I I loved singing and you know, I I've, mm-hmm. I've always loved singing. Um, but I think it actually took probably other performers who were singers in the bombshells for me to realize that I could make that into like a burlesque number. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was quite a while. I feel like before we had singers in the troupe, Mm. we would occasionally have guest stars coming from like Madison or Chicago and they would sing. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, Oh, that's a thing, you know? Um, but for a while, I, I think I just assumed like, well, she sings in, you know, gypsy because it's a musical, but Mm -hmm. burlesque isn't about singing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of didn't think about doing it. And I think I was more comfortable taking my clothes off than singing. Like, like I was like, it, it just kind of, I don't know. I just, I was like, I will screw it. I will screw this up. I will, I will absolutely <laughs> screw this up. And I can, and there's not a lot of ways you can screw up taking your shirt off, you know, like yeah. I can always do that and yeah. it'll be fine. And uh, yeah. no matter what, my boobs will still be there, but I can yeah, totally like- <laughs> forget like an entire verse of a song and oh, then no. it's, I'm fucked, you know, like, and it, that's pretty much never happened, but yeah. I, uh, but I, so it took me a long time cause I was really afraid I would fuck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so I guess probably a year or two into being a bombshell, I was mm-hmm. like, and we had, I think we had already had Aurora Allure at that point, And she was, a, yeah. she was specifically a singer yeah. and that's all, she, not all she did, but she, she did singing burlesque. That was her thing. Uh, yeah. and so when I was like, well, we have a singer and mm-hmm. as long as you know we're in different sets i feel comfortable doing a singing act maybe at least one every couple of months you know mm-hmm. and bringing it up to the rest of the troop they were like you sing what <laughs> you know like <laughs> you've never said this before and i was like well mm-hmm. i mean i didn't i didn't feel comfortable but yeah. i would like i would like to if that's okay and they were like yeah do whatever you want you know like sure have at it um yeah. it might have been my little mermaid act Oh my god, um, I love that. Yeah, it might that might have been my first singing act. So I I I redid the the Little Mermaid song Part of Your World and I yes. rewrote the lyrics to be about a a kinky um submissive who wants to be a dominant yeah. or a pro, a pro dom, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so I rewrote the lyrics and so I you know and I grew up with like Weird Al Yankovic. So it's yeah. in my my blood to like parody songs are fun and they're mm-hmm. always a good time. So I I I was like, I'll do this parody song. I know the Little Mermaid song like by heart. So mm-hmm. redoing it and, and and having the right like notes and pitch is probably not gonna be too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh and and I did it at a kink theme show mm-hmm. and people were very excited to buy it and very um they really loved it some people even told me it's like their favorite number i'd ever done of of like fans had said that and stuff and so Mm -hmm. i was really uh i was really excited by the response and Mm -hmm. and that made me do a couple more parody songs and then just singing songs in general Mm -hmm. so it's not uh it's not something i focus on but ever so often i'm like yeah i want to do a singing song or i want to do a uh a singing number this time like uh, that would be really fun so it's something I bust out occasionally but it did take me quite a while to feel confident enough to do that 
Yeah. So you, you really said that was your first one? I feel like you told me that at the time, and I was, like, kind of blown away because I really do love that. Act. I remember seeing that because I was at the old Hot Water, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is perfect. <laughs> it was uh, it was so good. Just so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that was the first singing act I'd ever done i'm pretty sure i know with so i have this side troupe that does numbers uh that does shows every four or five years it feels like um the dainty mm-hmm. rogues burlesque you know yeah. and really yeah and <laughs> okay good 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 yes so we can talk about that but i i do i did um singing acts in all of those shows because okay. well almost all of them i didn't do them in the last one because the last show the the doctor who burlesque show oh was, yeah that's call for it uh, yeah, I was six months pregnant when we did that show. And so I really took like, I am backburnering everything. I'm going to just do the most minimal amount of work I can possibly do. But but all mm-hmm. of my other Dainty Rogue shows, I did a singing act. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't do them every year even. We did them like every two or three years. So we we started with the steampunk burlesque show because mm-hmm. all of them are geek themed. So we did the steampunk burlesque show mm-hmm. and then we did... D&D burlesque Mm -hmm. and then we did comic-con burlesque so that was kind of all over the place any geekiness that you wanted to do uh Mm -hmm. and then we did Doctor Who burlesque so we've only had four shows total okay and um and again they've been super spread out I I was hoping to do another one and you know literally was gonna be like writing it this year you know and Mm -hmm. (laughs) hoping to do it (laughs) Uh, um and and it'll 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 happen eventually. I'm I'm hoping to do some kind of Star Trek theme oh, one day. Yeah, yeah but have... definitely took a back burner for sure yeah. until yeah. the world is less on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if anything, I keep telling lots of people because I have lots of friends who are like writing books and whatnot, and they're like, "Well, I don't know," and I'm like, "No, keep writing it. Keep working on it because that's what I'm doing with lots of my acts. I'm like shelving it and like working on it, and then." when it's time to debut it, then it'll really feel more ready, you know? It'll be, so I'll yes, definitely say, absolutely. like, definitely still, yeah, if you're, like, writing something, you have ideas, just keep keep writing it, and then eventually we can put it out there to the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the Bombshells were your first troop, and then yes. you essentially founded the Dainty Rogues with um, Colin Acumen, the drag king. Well, actually, in the beginning... Um, Colin was not a founder. They were just a performer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they weren't in my first show. Um, oh. The uh, steampunk burlesque was all, almost all bombshells. Um, oh. And, and, and again, it was, I, I was, it was my like idea. Um, we had a different host at the time than the bombshells mm-hmm. have now. And they were, they were my host. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the madam of a brothel in a steampunk alternate reality. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a whole thing. It was great, but um, yeah. So I, that I say first like I'm show, but that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that whole show, like I wrote it, I I directed it, I I performed wow. in it, I, I did everything pretty much on my own. I mean, it was very cooperative. Like everyone brought their ideas to the table, their performances, mm-hmm. the songs that they wanted to dance to that that was all on them and they yeah. told me what they wanted to do and then I made it work in one storyline which oh was God. like a puzzle piece you know yeah it was it was really crazy um oh and then God. and then for the D burlesque show Colin was in it uh mm-hmm. but they didn't have anything to do with the actual uh production of it okay uh same same with the the comic-con burlesque so that was I, w- I was pretty much the main 
force between the first three shows. And then Colin had come up and said they really want to put on a, a Doctor Who show and mm-hmm. they would like it to be a Dainty Rogues production. And I, at the time, I, I already knew I was pregnant, but it was too early for me to tell people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if you want to do this, we can do it under the Dainty Rogues name. But I really can't. I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I won't have any energy to yeah. actually uh, like direct or do like set design, all this stuff. I mean, the very first mm-hmm. show, the set design was my bedroom. I moved, oh. you know, I had people with trucks. I moved mm-hmm. my bed. I moved um, all, like uh, 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 my friends, my friend had this like Victorian looking couch and we mm-hmm. had just like anything that someone that had that was like vintage looking, I asked to borrow it for the day. And mm-hmm. we set it up and it was like a moving, like we, it was like a moving van situation where we, we got all the things we needed. We moved it onto the stage. We had one show and then we had to move it all back. And it was, it was insane. Wow. Um, but, but yeah. And so for this last show, I really put the reins all in Colin's hands. And I was like, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> as long as you don't rely fully on me to get it done. And she, <laughs> she didn't, she like really yeah. took, she took charge she did it all herself and that was great and, and wow. instead of doing a one night only which all of the other shows were this was mm-hmm. a, a weekend long event of three yeah. shows yeah. which we'd never done before so it was a huge undertaking and yeah um and yeah I mean I don't know that and Colin's not really in the drag or burlesque community too much anymore I don't think that they're performing anymore yeah. but so if I did another show I would probably go back to um most of the stuff falling on my, my uh, shoulders again but I mm-hmm. might just because it's so stressful I might form like a little bit more of a, a committee because yeah <laughs> I realized over the past 10 years of doing burlesque and all of the other things that I do um, it, if you need help and you ask for it you actually might get help and so you don't always yeah. have to do everything all your, on your own by yourself um, that's how I really felt I needed to do things, but I, you don't have to do that. Like you can literally ask for help and people will help you. So if I did yes. it again, I would ask for all of the help and have people help me. <laughs> yes, most definitely. So the bombshells were your first troop. And then how long before you wanted to put together the Dainty Rogues? Um, I want to say it was like three, three years or so. Um, okay. I think because, so I'm so into geeky burlesque and that's really all I wanted to do. And the bombshells mm-hmm. were very much like, we can have one geeky show a year, but we're not going to yeah. have multiples, you know? And, and even though I would say most of the, the bombshells are geeky in some way, yeah. shape or form, um, they were like, yeah, I mean, having a themed show every month is really hard to do. I'd rather work on my, you know, actual classic burlesque numbers and that's totally fair and and i Mm -hmm. totally understood but i was like no i want (laughs) i want geeky shit i want to do this this is what i want to do um so i was like well that's totally fine i i can do my regular burlesque numbers with the bombshells and if i want to have a more theater production like show i can do it on my own and so that's so it took me a while to figure it all out obviously and Mm -hmm. And figure out the venue. So it was probably three or four years, maybe. But um, so I had decided to do the Dainty Rogues show different than the average like bombshell show at a bar, in that it was going to be a theater production. There was going to be a script. There's going to be a storyline, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's it's a totally different dynamic than the average burlesque show. 
Um, yeah, all of like the big set pieces. Yeah, big set design, uh, big group numbers, mm-hmm. like, um, and just like, and a, and a, a cohesive story from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So very different, very different. Yeah. But um, I, I had also seen, and I want to say this is, yeah, so this would be 2010 or 11. I went to mm-hmm. Chicago for a burlesque show on, um, it was a burlesque show set to Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, yeah. And so I saw that and it, it wasn't quite a cohesive story, but I also have not seen the movie for mm-hmm. Pink Floyd, The Wall. And I guess a lot of it had been taken like inspiration was taken from that movie. Oh. But so I and I had not seen that. Um, but so I watched this burlesque production that just seemed kind of crazy and all over the place. But again, it's Pink Floyd. So apparently yeah. that was like totally par for the course. But um, yeah, I, I watched this whole thing and it really did feel like more of a theater production. It felt like there was a storyline and I was like, oh, this is a totally different way to do burlesque. And it was amazing and it was so beautiful and like some of the numbers were actually really like sad and dramatic it wasn't just Mm -hmm. like fun I don't know it was all fun but it wasn't just pretty it was like it it felt like thoughtful and I was like oh man I want to do something like this and so that was a that was part of the inspiration for sure um and then yeah just really wanting to get into some geeky shit (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the wall since then no <laughs> i still have not and yeah. honestly if it's a, if it's as weird as that burlesque show was i don't know if i want to <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's so weird well i have listened to a lot of pink floyd in my and i'm not really a fan so I, I don't know if i've seen this movie or if i like fell asleep on it i don't know but it's not probably not necessary <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'll probably watch it eventually but i don't know if i i'm not like chomping at the bit to spend the two hours of my life to do that <laughs> yeah it's probably like four hours long honestly oh god <laughs> okay yeah. yeah yeah no just watch it like put it on and like fall asleep to it and just like nap for a while um, <laughs> <laughs> so before you founded the dainty rogues were you like like with or without any nerdy or geek themed shows within the Bruce D. Bombshells, did you, were you already like um, integrating your love of nerdy things and cosplay into your performances? Um, In the very beginning, I actually wasn't. I was really trying to focus on like, well, so my, my, my persona. My, my burlesque stage name is Polly Amore. And, and I was trying to like focus on like, oh, she's, a lover and she's like an innocent schoolgirl with uh like a crazy kinky side or something mm-hmm. like that you know i was like trying to develop this character mm-hmm. that was about love and sex and passion and i don't know all this stuff and and so geeky didn't come into play for a while i was like oh no, my character is not a geek. I'm a geek. Lindsay is a geek, but my character is just like a sex kitten, right? You know, like in my head, I was like, that's all she is. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we did. And so, so I joined the bombshells in September Mm -hmm. and I think the next August, so almost a full year later, we did our first geek show and I did a Doctor Who burlesque number and a harlequin burlesque number i want to say 
if I'm nice. remembering correctly. Yeah. And, but, but I also helped a lot of other people like, like um, one of the other girls and now I'm, cause she, she changed her burlesque name a couple of times. It doesn't really matter, oh. but I can't remember what her initial uh, uh, burlesque name was, but yeah. she, she had the perfect body type and she had found the perfect wig to do Lilu Dallas from fifth element. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was like, and, but she's like, I've never seen the movie before. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Lila, uh, multipass. She knows it's multipass. Lilu Dallas. My wife. And I was like, I will what? help you. I know. I know. I was like, well, first of all, you fucking need to see this movie. It's amazing. Yeah. But, but I was like, I will help you uh, in whatever you need to do because this needs to happen. This will mm-hmm. be so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was trying to help other people come up with their ideas too because I was like, we, we really have to do a geek show and honestly we almost sold out of the time cinema uh mm-hmm. theater which is a huge wow. theater yeah and and we we had so many people show up and i remember the like the managers of the bombshells at the time being like what you know like <laughs> they're the, the, is this what milwaukee wants is this is like they want geeky shit like i don't yeah. understand and i'm like yes <laughs> They, yes. And they will pay. They will give us your mo- their, all of their money. You know, like mm-hmm. they want geeky stuff. This is the stuff that people like. You know, like it's their interests. It's niche groups, and mm-hmm. and so yeah, it was really just like I will help anyone who needs it to mm-hmm. come up with some kind of weird shit because this is what people like. So so yeah, I, um, it took like a full year, and once that happened, I think not only did the managers the bombshells realized that oh there's some there's interest in this but then also i just kind of realized that i really loved putting time and energy and creative energy into these really geeky acts oh i did um and then i was in a a whedon uh joss whedon themed burlesque show in uh madison i was invited to be a guest uh in a madison whedon-esque burlesque show and i think that was around the same time um so they had all of these buffy and angel and firefly Mm -hmm. acts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i did a firefly act and that actually ended up like pictures of it ended up in somebody's presentation on geek burlesque yeah like like a it was so weird like she told me about it she told me that she would use it but she used some pictures of my my firefly act for like mm-hmm. a dissertation or something like a college yeah. <laughs> yeah it was crazy so so um so i was able to guest star in a couple other people's uh, uh shows that were geeky and and yeah and that just kind of like sparked off this whole side obsession of geek burlesque yeah nice And I really like the way that we have it now is that, you know, people can be uh, kind of test things out as a kitten if they really like it, if they really like us. Because that's also a thing. There are people who come into this burlesque community who just don't like us. <laughs> and, that's, and, you know, and it's not I don't even think it's us. I think it's 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 somebody who might be just a negative person. And yeah. we are such a, a like a wonderfully positive troop, in my opinion. And yeah. I think, you know, misery loves company. And if they're a miserable person and we're not miserable, they're like, this isn't the group for us. And we're like, yeah. fine, that's totally okay. That's mm-hmm. totally valid. Find yeah. a troop that's miserable and you will have a good time. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's totally it's- fine. So, yeah. you know, we're not everyone's cup of tea and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always nice to be able to test the waters and also just to see if you like 
being at a bar. You know, we've had so many people who've kitten for us and they've like, I really didn't like the way that drunk people talk to me. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, you know, that's f- so fair. Like I hate yep. drunk people as much as anyone else. And in Milwaukee, that is something you have to know if deal you're okay with. with or not and deal with. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not, then don't like do not yeah. like that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. I really do think it's a great experience to to start with so you can be prepared instead yep. of just jumping into it. Because I know, well, I'm sure you probably had more experiences with, um, I guess, people who are maybe like overly, either overly ambitious or really egotistical about who they are and what they can do and like bring to either the troop or just to the stage. Mm-hmm. You had lots of experience with people like that. Well, I mean, I feel like, and it's probably with every art form and every uh career basically there's always people who see see something that's like graceful and beautiful and 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 looks seamless and easy and they're like I could do that you know like and and it's just like like uh my 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 kindergartner could paint that picture you know like not not knowing exactly what um goes into what we do and so I've had so many people be like yeah, I could do that. Burlesque is easy. You know, all you do is take off your clothes. Like who cares? And Uh, then I'm like, okay, you know, record yourself doing a number and mm -hmm. we, we can review it and Mm -hmm. we'll let you know. And they never even get to that point. You know, like everyone says they can do it. And then when it comes down to actually doing it, they're like, oh, but I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, I know Mm -hmm. you don't like, of course you don't. Like (laughs) you gotta fucking do a a minimal amount of research, a minimal Mm -hmm. amount of even uh, just, figuring out what you're going to wear uh, the basic lingerie on stage, unless you're maybe Dita Von Tees, it doesn't it's not. do well. Yeah. Like, no, it's, just, it's not going to look great. You're just going to like yeah. the background, like so many people are like, Oh, I just wear this beautiful black thing. I'm like, no, you're going to disappear on stage. And I, yeah. I even did that when I was like, no, that's yeah. yeah or I just like, it. you know, no glitter, no glam, no makeup, no hair, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. There's always this, like, there's, these stumbling blocks that people don't think about. Right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and those are the things that often new, per- new, new performers deal with and they, mm-hmm. they, it, they get better at and they evolve. And that's totally within every burlesque performer's journey, but mm-hmm. also um, just everyone assuming they can just do it is, is really interesting to me because you, you can't, not everyone yeah. can. <laughs> Some people really can not everybody yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not for everybody. I've definitely heard of um stories of people who did a lot of research, did lots of classes and then finally got up on stage and didn't have that feeling that it was right for them. Oh, absolutely. They didn't have, yeah, like yeah. there's like an energy and and some people just don't feed off of the energy that they get from audience members. I do. Like sometimes mm-hmm, I feel I like I'm even like sometimes I feel like I black out when I'm on stage and (laughs) I'll leave the stage at the end and I'll be like, I hope I did well because I don't remember any of the last four four minutes, you know, like I'm like, I'll look at back and watch video and be like, Oh, I don't remember doing that at all. You know, like I I feed off the energy and I like thrive off of it while I'm on stage. And then I'm just like, and then I black it out of my memory. (laughs) I just don't, (laughs) I don't even remember what I did. Um, yeah. But yeah, some people though, or they don't know they have stage fright until they get on stage. Yes. You know, that's a oh. big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, talk about stage fright. Cause yeah, like even, was it this year, earlier this year I did, it was like my third or fourth show in Chicago and I was excited about it, but I was incredibly nervous. Like 
two weeks prior, I had done a show in Chicago, and I was like, great, cool, fine. But then the next month, I was just like shaking in my heels. So oh, you never no. know. What yeah, yeah. About. Well, and that's another thing that, you know, I've been doing burlesque for 10 years. But when I think about, say, like, um, trying to get into a show in like St. Louis or mm-hmm. Minneapolis where the burlesque is so or New Orleans like I went into New Orleans uh, uh last November and I was like oh my gosh I want to go to a burlesque show so bad because they're so wonderful and professional and mm-hmm. and that totally I it was so I'm so intimidated to like yeah. even try to promote myself in those communities because I just mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was like, oh no, I'm at Milwaukee level. I'm not at New, I'm not at New Orleans level. You know, like I just feel yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, like feeling like a Midwesterner or just like yeah, you know, kind of like small town, and it's like oh, it feels weird. But yeah, I small town burlesque like, in a big city. <laughs> yeah, it's like ugh, it feels weird. But I mean, I definitely think that we should do that because I've been trying to do that very slowly, like via social media, which helps a lot, and like having your own business card and, or like even the troops card, and be like, hey, I really like what you do. Let me know if you're ever in town. I'd love to have you in a show or like see you in a show or like anything like that. Like, yeah. Well, just trying really to be helps, like real chill about it. Um, and, and of course, you know, now we don't have shows going on, but, but it really yeah. helps also asking these people in other cities to come and, and perform with us. I know that like, yeah. uh, I don't even know if she goes by this name any, anymore because she got a lot of flack, but Tomahawk Tassels mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in, Minneapolis she would come and and be in our shows occasionally and she had amazing performances and then uh geez Louise who is yeah. such a huge name in burlesque nowadays she won yeah. like Miss Miss Burlesque Universe or something like that like she's <laughs> she's huge and I'm pretty sure she has guest performed with the bombshells before oh, um yeah. I mean it was before I was in the bombshells so I'm not positive mm-hmm. on that but I'm almost positive she was in it in a couple shows and I I think that the more we do that, the more that big names know who we are and then can yeah. also like, uh, you know, recommend us to either burlesque festivals or just burlesque shows in, in general. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really important. We we definitely need to get back into doing that. Ooh, Vagina Jenkins. She's a, Vagina Jenkins. She, oh my gosh. If you don't know Vagina Jenkins, she is an amazing burlesque. Her and Fever Blister, which is another oh, yes. amazing burlesque uh, dancer out of uh, San Francisco, I think, or LA. Mm-hmm. She, they they both, the guests performed with us and they, have, they are huge names in the community or yeah. they were. I'm not sure if they're still doing it anymore. But anyways, all these people... Um, we used to have a lot more guest stars that would travel from out of state and that was really, really cool. And they'd be on tour and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that we definitely need to get eh, more into that. I mean, I feel I I love how much we've um, developed like uh, a core burlesque community here in Milwaukee, but I think that inviting more people in is always a really good idea, especially just to meet more people in the community and see other styles and yeah, and just like different. Yeah, it's so it's so fun to see these like big name stars do uh even like little shows, you know, like, yeah. like little shows with us and the, yeah. the, with their big energy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, they, like I, I just saw Jeez Louise on a show on Netflix and I was like, oh yes. yeah. <laughs> was exactly. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, like her and uh, Willie Le- Willie LeCue from Chicago, and then Will actually oh, and- from Madison. I'm like, y'all are on oh, TV. Really? Right? Well, the show, and I'm talking about um, Netflix is easy. Mm-hmm. The show mm-hmm, takes mm-hmm. place in Chicago. 
So okay, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if either they 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 moved back for the time being or if they were just mm-hmm. uh, in the show because. Of it. But yeah, the Jeez Louise and Cruel Valentine were in the show, and I was Amazing. like, I've performed with Cruel Valentine. I was like, I've <gasps> been, and you know, I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I know her. You know, she doesn't yeah. she doesn't know me, but like you know, like I yeah. feel like, yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seeing people like that because I don't know where Cruel Valentine is on like the like what was like the top one hundred most influential burlesque performers of like 2019 2020 i'm pretty sure geez louise won last year it was announced at the beginning of this year and that's amazing of course she's pretty much riding high on that except for the whole pandemic thing because it's like tanking yeah. a bunch of stuff you know but yeah she teaches classes too she does a lot of yeah. burlesque classes so like yeah that's i don't know where any of those people are right now as far mm-hmm. as their work and being able to do stuff but you know yeah mm-hmm. i totally uh, it's amazing to see these people and and perform with them and and know them and yeah it's 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 really great. Yeah, was it last year I saw? Um, she's Louise, definitely Cruel Val- Well, Cruel Valentine didn't perform, but they were. I got to talk to them and like we took some pictures and I was like, oh my god, I don't know. No, this was after our hair was the same color. We both had the teal and the purple. Ugh, <laughs> I miss it. I miss yeah. it. But um, then I yeah I saw Jeez Louise. Because I saw both of them at um, a bunch of people. Oh, my God. At um, GC's Juke Joint in Chicago. And that was such an amazing experience. It was, my, I think, my second time going. And I was just like, every time. It's just such a crazy, amazing experience. And we couldn't have that this year, unfortunately. But hopefully next year. And, yeah. and then in November, I didn't realize this until, like, I was there already. I always visit my family in St. Louis. And I got into this Black Friday show. And I was able to perform with Jeez Louise. And I was just like, Ugh. oh my gosh. I know. That's amazing. I was like, That's so yeah, cool. I, yeah, I was freaking out. And like afterwards, she was like, You were so good. Your act was so cute. Like, oh my God, you look, oh, you look so good. I'm like, thank you. I'm like, hopefully I can like get to your level one day and be able to be in Jeezy's Juke Show. She's like, bitch, do it. Do it now. <laughs> just do it. And I was like, okay. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, and really just like seeing other people outside of where you started is a really good, really good change in perspective, you know, just seeing people do something smaller or something bigger, just very different from what you're used to or even what you do can really bring more inspiration to what you're already performing. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, And then speaking of a different experience slash perspective, you've also done some drag in the past. How was that for you? Ooh, uh, that was definitely different. Um, Mm -hmm. I, so I experimented with drag for a year or two. Um, I think mostly at the insistence of Colin Acumen, who was like, um, very into drag. Yeah, very into drag. Uh, Colin was my, my burlesque husband. And so we, we did a lot of group acts together. We did a lot of duets together, uh, Mm -hmm. doing like her doing drag, me doing burlesque. But I think because we worked together so often, they were like, you need to do drag. And and Colin yeah. did a lot of productions on their own. They mm-hmm. started this, uh, this like drag-lesque, I guess, troupe called Cleavage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did three shows. And then I was involved in all of those. And so the Cleavage, um, like, productions were, were dr- mostly drag, but some burlesque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they specifically really wanted me to be in the shows doing drag, not burlesque. Because mm-hmm. they were yeah. like they're like and they they experimented on some um on my face with like Mm -hmm. doing uh drag makeup and they're like this is how you do it this is what you can do you know they showed me a lot of uh tips and tricks and and so that was fun um Mm -hmm. I gosh I don't know I mean like 
I, but I feel like no matter what, when I'm on stage doing a, an act, I want to be doing burlesque. Mm-hmm. So what was really hard for me, even though I definitely like like lip syncing and and doing stuff like that, what was really hard for me was to try to f- like fill an entire act's worth of time without mm-hmm. taking my clothes off. Like I was like, oh. I don't. I don't like this. I don't know what I'm, you know, like, what should I do here? And Mm -hmm. one of my very first drag acts, I was hula hooping because that's also something I like to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. So I had these two, um, uh, these two light up LED hula hoops. Mm -hmm. And I found a cover of Katy Perry's fireworks uh, sung by a guy. Oh, nice. And so I did drag in like, I mean, I was basically, I was wearing a binder and Mm -hmm. like athletic wear, like essentially like I was like a guy working out and then I busted out these light up hula hoops and I danced to firework. It was, it was, it was weird. (laughs) I mean, I I like burlesque is, or burlesque, like drag is weird. So I was okay with it being weird. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like, it was weird and fun. Um, and so that was one of my very first acts because I did not know what to do. I was like, I, I, if I can't take my clothes off on stage, I don't know what to do. I have to busy myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so I busy myself with hula hooping. And then, um, and then I just kind of got more into if I'm going to do br- drag, it's going to be drag last. I'm still going to yes. take some clothes off because I can't yes. not. <laughs> I just can't not. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, all the drag I've done especially in recent years, I've had to take some clothes off because it just feels a little awkward, like not doing it because I'm so used to doing it. Like I just, I got it. Even if I'm not taking off a cardigan and yeah, just yeah. like taking I, off some I sunglasses, just, I got it. Like, I also take love, <laughs> I love the reveal. Like mm-hmm. I, I like reveals. I like surprising people. I like doing stuff like that. So I just felt I, I and also kind of having uh, Colin as uh, inspiration was that mm-hmm. like, that they that's what they did they did burlesque uh as in drag and they uh, you know were very very well known for doing that and also i think they had the body for it they could you know with flesh-colored tape tape their boobs to the side and they had no boobs and i'm like i'm sorry i can't exactly do that (laughs) yeah that's a little tough (laughs) it's a little tough so like i i wasn't able quite to do that uh but also you know, I could, I could still do burlesque a little bit, drag burlesque with a binder on or with, um, you know, whatever. So yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily, I don't know, like drag makeup to me is not as fun. It's not as sexy. I don't feel yeah. as sexy. You know, I don't yeah. feel as, as handsome, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel handsome. So it just was like, um, it was a, an interesting experience and experiment. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't mm-hmm. something that I nef- necessarily like really wanted to do a lot. I was like yeah. just a fun thing to do occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've definitely done it more in the last two years, I'd say. And it's it's I feel like if you really want to do it, it's something you grow into. But it's good to mm-hmm. know the experience if you want to do it, or if you don't want to do it, if you like it or not. Because, yeah, I had those same feelings where I was like, this makeup isn't nearly as fun. It's not. I don't feel nearly as handsome, you know. I'm just like I don't know what to do with this egg potato head that I have. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I and I got a couple wigs that were like short hair, and I just mm-hmm. don't like. I don't like my head with short hair. I'm <laughs> like, ah, I don't yeah. know, man. It's weird. For yeah. most of my life, I've had like two feet of hair, and so like <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with my head. It's, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Like I'm always jealous of uh kings who can use their natural hair. Like so I've tried oh, to incorporate me too. That, me too. But it's like yeah. it doesn't work for everything I want to do. So it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. It is a for a for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun, but not for everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that experience, and now you've been in the troop for 10 years. What do you like about being in a troop? Um, it's like a family, you know, like it's like a little Mm -hmm. mini family. And also we've had tons of people coming in and out of the troop, not tons. We probably had like 10, you know, but like Mm -hmm. who have been in the troop for like a year or two and then, uh, moved to a different state. And so they, Mm -hmm. they left the troop or they, um, or they just left burlesque because, you know, they had a baby or they, uh, were too busy or whatever the case may be, um, or health issues. You know, we've had people leave because of health issues. And so, uh, we've had all these people come in and out of the troop and I still feel, a little bit like their family members, you know, like they, I, you know, when I went to New Orleans, I visited one of the people who like was in the founding, like was a founding bombshell with me. And, and um, yeah. And so, and I got to stay at her house and she's amazing. And, you know, like she's still doing burlesque, but Mm -hmm. like in a, uh, on an online platform way. And so I I just, and it really feels like, like visiting family and we have people, that are all over the country now that mm-hmm. used to be a bombshell at one point. Um, mm-hmm. And then also just the troop that, you know, is the troop that is now uh, yeah. we just all, it just feels very close and very, I, I don't know. I just like, I didn't grow up in Milwaukee. I moved here from a very, very small city where I had mm-hmm. one best friend and that was mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. And it's fine. I, I feel like when you find your people, like I grew up in a very conservative, like anti-queer, anti anything but white white cis het folks, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so those were not my people. Yeah. And so uh, it took a while for me to find my people. And when I came to Milwaukee, it took even a couple years after me coming here to find that, like, the burlesque troupe, those kind of people were my people, you know. Like, so yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like finding a little family. It's, uh, you can pretty much always have, find someone to help support you in, you know, your creative endeavors with this community. And yeah, that's what I really like about it. Nice. And when in the, in the bomb shows, did you start helping out with like producing stuff? Um, so after I did the Dainty Rogue shows, a couple of those, um, Mm -hmm. and then we started organizing the bombshells in such a way that like, you know, we had a staff, we had crew members, we had kittens. Um, that was when we also started to really uh, have show roles. Like mm-hmm. before, when I first joined, we actually just kind of like, there were two like managing leaders of the group and they just, they just did it. Like other than flyering for shows, which was everyone's responsibility, like they mm-hmm. did all of the finding the venue, booking the shows, making the set list. They just did it all. Um, And yeah, and that's amazing. Honestly, looking like thinking back to it, I'm like, that's insane that you did that. But also I think it was, it was very much like uh, everyone else was kind of new. So if you want it done right, do it yourself. You know, I think that's kind of, I think that was the mentality. But now in this troop that we're in now, pretty much everyone has been doing it for um, five years or more. Mm-hmm. So we knew that people could be trusted. We knew that people could have responsibilities and they wouldn't just drop the ball. Like most of us don't. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and so, uh, so we really started to 
dole out responsibilities. And I'm just kind of like, I'm a responsibility person, like, or I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a responsible person. I like to take on responsibilities. I like to get things done. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes I have found that when, if no one else is interested, I'm like, oh, I'll do it. I, I yeah. want to make the list. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to find, you know, I want to do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I've taken on a lot more responsibility over the past three or four years, uh, just because mm-hmm. I really like to make sure things get done and I want it to get done well. And, you know, so yeah. So, yeah, so I've taken on more responsibility for sure. And I think, you know, other than Sugar St. Clair and V mm-hmm. Valentine, like I'm third or fourth because uh, Sarah. Annetta uh, Vendetta. Yeah, Annetta Vendetta came to the troupe the same day I did. Like we were both oh, wow. auditioned in the same. Yeah. So our first show was was both uh, September 25th this this past week. So yeah, it was her 10, ten year anniversary too. I know, yeah. Because when I remember when I said I want to do a geek show for my anniversary, she's like, "Hey, it's my anniversary too." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> we should do something together." Um, yeah. But um, yeah. So so we are you know the the members that have been in the troupe the longest, mm-hmm. uh, and so all of us I think take on a lot of the roles and responsibilities because we we we've, we've been around the block. We know what we're doing. <laughs> You know? yeah like and uh and as as much as any of us can handle because now of those three people or of those four people three of us have kids you know so yeah. like uh so it's it's a it's a it's interesting um figuring all that out figuring out what dynamics work for each member and what definitely does not uh yeah. and and what like is just the best practices that we, we can make the best show we can with yeah. people in certain roles, you know. Yeah, definitely. You figure it out along the way, yeah. Yeah, and it can take time. And even taking the time of doing it and maybe doing it wrong, because, I mean, you still yep. get the experience and learn something from it, you know. Absolutely, yeah. For every yeah. huge mistake, you know, going to a show that doesn't have its own lights, <laughs> going oh. to a show that doesn't have its own soundboard, you know, like yeah. for every big mistake we've we've done, now we know, oh, well, that's going to be on our checklist of things mm-hmm. that we need to figure out before we... Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things, every mistake uh, leads us to having a better show next time. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so what do you feel are any cons of being in a troupe? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've never been like a solo on my own performer at all. So mm-hmm. um, I think that as opposed to so like being the leader, uh, you know, and the main director of the Dainty Rogues, the nice thing about, say, all of the responsibility falling on your shoulders is that the mm-hmm. only person you can blame when something fucks up is yourself. <laughs> like mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so you really, if you want it to be a great show, it's your choice, it's your responsibility, and it's your fault if it doesn't go work out. But if it does, congratulations, you just did a great job, you know? So like, yeah. <laughs> so on the shows, the, the three Dainty Rogue shows that I, I directed and, and did everything for, when they turned out great, which they, I, I mean, I'm not gonna like, I don't want to be boastful and toot my own horn, but they were fucking no. awesome. Like, yeah, you know, like they, yeah, they were great. Um, and so when they turned out great, even though it totally was a cooperative effort and everyone really, really helped when they turned out great, I felt really, really great. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that like uh, being a, like a solo performer or being uh, the director and, and doing all of the work yourself, it can be very rewarding, but it is so much more stressful and yes. it is so much more pressure. And I, 
I, and I think it takes a certain like special someone. And honestly, even now having a kid, I don't know that I'm that person anymore. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I have the time and energy and, mm. uh, uh, you know, like, it's just, it takes so much out of you. Um, yeah. but, because it, it honestly, it's like having a baby. It's like <laughs> constant work for like three months and then mm-hmm. you have the baby and the birthing process is it's, it's incredible and beautiful and horrible all at the same time and incredibly yeah. painful and incredibly stressful. And you want to throw up at every moment. <laughs> and then, and then you have the baby and you're like, wow, it was all worth it. But at the time you're like, this isn't worth it. I'm never fucking doing this again. You know, <laughs> like I, every single yeah, show I've scary. done, every Dainty Rogue show I've done the day of, I'm like, I will never do this again. I fucking oh hate <laughs> everyone. I hate everything. I, I will never talk to anyone again. Wow. And, then, and then after the show, I'm like, this was amazing. Let's do it again tomorrow. You know, I was like, it's, <laughs> it's just such high, high uh, stress. And then mm-hmm. and when it's all done, and especially if it went well, um, it's, it's just like bliss, you know, this high serotonin energy of just like, coked out bliss you know and and uh and and once um and once it's over with you can just feel the good vibes again the good energy and just be like it's it's literally like having a baby where you're like oh, it's all done oh my god yeah. and now I just get to enjoy that I had a baby yeah <laughs> like, so yeah so yeah Whew. so I would say that like yeah the the it's it's really great to have the support and and cooperative energy of a whole troop but being a, a solo performer, which again, I've never really done that, but like having it all on your own is it's, it's great and horribly stressful at the same time. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. You've, you've heard us produce a show before you, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I, it's I, crazy. I yeah. But I know like what it feels like to go through all that. To me, it feels like giving like this big presentation that everyone is going to be paying attention to and they have to pay for the presentation. So you're just like, <laughs> oh God. So yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Um, so since then, how do you feel like you've adjusted to being in the burlesque community overall now that there's a pandemic? Like, do you feel like before the pandemic, you were like really into the burlesque community or were you just kind of like hanging back and now you're like, do you feel different? Yeah, unfortunately, I just feel like it's been put on hold entirely. Like mm-hmm. even just into my Polyamore Facebook account, I do it yeah. like once every month like like, it's like almost never um yeah unfortunately it's just we I live in a high-risk household I can't risk even going to a bar much less a crowded bar so yeah uh and then when it comes to doing online shows I just have not gotten into doing them yet and you know there's still time I might still do one one day but I just have not you know and I feel like the the energy of of just being in a pandemic and the world is on fire and it's just feels <laughs> like bad news, bad news, bad news, you know, all day long. I, I can't really get into the headspace of like, I'm gonna be sexy and dance and have fun and be funny mm-hmm. and sing and have a good time. Like it's just, it never feels appropriate to do that now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, you know, after the election, after maybe the world, after the pandemic, you know, all of this stuff, after all of the horrible things that are going on right now are mm-hmm. done, um, I'm hoping I can get back into that headspace again. But I, mm-hmm. at the moment, it's just not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Felt I, I felt like I've been like connecting more to like just the people in the community, but I some pre-recorded stuff I have people are like can you submit this to a show I'm like sure and I get like 
like 25 bucks or something i'm like all right sure but like <laughs> it, it's very different it's very very different right now and like i don't I don't have like the mental capacity or like physical energy to like do all this. Like pray, praise to all the people who can. I'm not fully feeling it. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so um, briefly, I want to talk about your burlesque name. Your name is Polyamore. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what that means, but can you explain <laughs> to the people what that means? Yeah. So I've been um, polyamorous as an identity for mm-hmm. uh, 13, 14 years now. And nice. so I was already polyamorous before I had gotten into burlesque. And when I was thinking of burlesque mm-hmm. names, I had a bunch of ideas. Actually, Polyamore mm-hmm. was not my first name choice. I was mm-hmm. actually thinking of like coquettish and a play on the word coquette. Uh, but yeah. then somebody was like, you know, it sounds like cokehead, right? And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, we're done with that. We're never You're doing like, that never again. Mind. Yeah. Throw that one yep. away. <laughs> never mind. Uh, and then, yeah. And so, you know, it actually came really naturally to me to just say like that I'm Polly. That's the thing that okay. I said a lot. I'm Polly. I am Polly mm-hmm. as an identity, as a romantic and uh, sexual, you know, lifestyle identity. And so mm-hmm. that like as a name it was almost a joke you know like yeah. oh yeah sure my name is Polly I'm Polly you know whatever and then mm-hmm. I was like oh that would actually be super cute and yeah. and like Pollyanna like a play on Pollyanna that mm-hmm. uh I am innocent but not not quite you know like uh one of my taglines is she puts the sin in innocence you know like yeah. I'm and then one of them in the very beginning, but I, I nixed it for after a while was like, she'll steal your boyfriend and your husband too. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, uh, no. like, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, actually, I don't like that. I don't want yeah. people to think I'm an unethical non-monogamist. I am an ethical yeah. non-monogamist, you know? Like, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> and the idea of someone stealing anything was uh, not cool in my opinion. So I was like, no, no, yeah, no, no, we're not going to do that. But for a little while, people, that was a tagline of mine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it was, I think it was because I, I was dating a married man at the time and my other troopmates thought that was very funny. And so they were like, oh, you're stealing people's husbands. And I was like, no, it's, it's all on, it's ethical. I know his wife, we're good friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah so, so I was polyamorous for a, a long time. And then when I joined the troop, uh, I had come up with the name polyamore as a play on on the on the name Pollyanna, and then also my my identity as a polyamorous woman. Nice, nice, nice. And I guess also I want to bring this up if you're okay with it that you're also bisexual. Yep. Yeah. And so and yeah. you know and I I don't really play that up too much except for yeah. all of the like stuff I did with Colin as you know she is mm-hmm. obviously a drag performer a woman in drag. And then the fact that we were like, quote unquote, married on stage, you know, like that was uh, like a like a, a thing, you know, it was like a, a big queer dynamic, uh, mm-hmm. even though she's not really queer in real life. <laughs> so yeah. it's really funny. Like, so, uh, but we we definitely played that up quite a bit that we are like a married couple. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and, and on Facebook, we uh, our profiles are married, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so it was this whole big thing. Um, but then also we were polyamorously married because she was married to multiple, she had multiple wives. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I'm, I, yeah, yeah. So it was this whole thing. It was a really big running joke. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I am bi, uh, but I don't really like, I don't play it up too much. Uh, other than yeah. that, I hadn't, I haven't incorporated it too much into my burlesque. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't like put everything in there, but I mean, the only thing that sticks out to me is that you have, well, 
no yeah you put the your polyamorous colors on as a costume for the pride parade that we did last year I did yeah everyone chose like a flag um for Mm -hmm. the pride parade and to match their outfits to it and I thought about Mm -hmm. doing bi um we had Mm -hmm. I think two other girls who were going to do bi as well so I was like yeah Polly has a flag it's red and black and blue and I could um and I bought the flag you know I had the whole thing and so I was like and I can really obviously do black red and blue that's super easy and yeah. uh we had a couple people while during the pride parade come up to me and be like what is your flag and i was like oh it's polyamory and they're like oh, i didn't realize they had a flag that's so cool yeah. and I'm like, yep yeah, yeah so it's not it's not super well known but it was it was cool to 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 kind of showcase my polyness uh during nice. the pride parade yeah yeah i really love that because i'm also poly and i not that i have a hard time like uh what's i'm looking for expressing that I guess like showcasing that because I mean Mm -hmm, I feel like we don't mm -hmm. always have to like be super loud about it like on stage but it definitely um plays into us like Mm because I feel like lots of people don't don't think of the bombshells even though we're Milwaukee's premier longest running burlesque troupe they -hmm. don't think of us as queer because most of us not most of us all of us are women like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm genderqueer I still identify as she her um mm-hmm. but it's still like we're all queer here essentially mm-hmm. yeah well and what's interesting is most of the troop now and I feel like I've kind of had a play in that although I met you in the poly group before you were a bombshell yes. but yes. Uh, almost all of the troop is polyamorous now which is yes. also yeah. awesome because yeah. when I joined I was the only polyamorous person and then I felt like I pollinated along the way where I was like hey you, you <laughs> pollinated I've pollinated <laughs> the group yeah so um so a lot of the troop members now identify as poly which I I, I adore I find that so funny yeah. and then um but yeah almost all of us identify as queer I think almost all of us do yeah. uh and they, yeah we might they might not know that right off the bat but uh mm-hmm. but yeah it, you know yeah. that's the thing nice did you find your uh polyamory before or after you found your bisexuality after I definitely knew I was bi in high school although I did not date I didn't date mm-hmm. until college um mm-hmm. and you know just for I think this, the, the experience of most bi women is that it is easier to find dates that are man that are male you know whatever that are yeah. men uh yeah. just in the whole scope of things it's easier right so yeah so I dated men first for sure mm-hmm. and then actually w- when because it was an option because I, I was poly, I dated mm-hmm. men. And then, you know, they were like, well, if you want to date women, obviously go ahead. You know, it's not yeah, cheating. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so I've dated, uh, I've dated women, but I think in the whole scope of things, I've dated a lot more men just because again, mm-hmm. it's easier, it's easier to find yeah. they're, they're easier to date because they're mm-hmm. easier of more available, not easier to date, but they're, they're more available in the world. <laughs> yeah. Than, very true. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, so I definitely knew I was bisexual early on, but I did not uh, actively date mm-hmm. women until I was actively dating Polly. Yeah. Did you, did you went to school or like college out of your hometown? Yeah. Yeah. My hometown is a really, really tiny, like um, 2000 people uh, near wow. Appleton, Wisconsin. And then, and that's what I said before, like really conservative, really racist, like mm-hmm. horrible place well, to grow right. up. And so I was immediately, as soon as I turned 18, I was like, I'm getting out of here. Uh, yeah. And I kind of slowly made up my way down to Milwaukee. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so and that's when I started dating. I didn't actually date until I moved to Milwaukee. 
Oh, okay. Because yeah. honestly, dating in high school, they, everyone was my cousin. Like, I just, there's no <laughs> way. No, there would be no way that I could date in high school. Yeah, I'd be like, ooh, hard pass on all that. So yeah, yeah. overall, it's uh-huh. things like, it would just be, if you're out of your hometown, easier to date in college to have, to see new people, have new experiences, and explore yourself and your sexuality and things like that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Nice. Do you feel like, well... Yeah, I mean, most certainly, because we already talked about it, but how do you feel your sexuality and finding your kinks influence your performances? Hmm, my sexuality and, um, well, I mean, I think they've made me more open-minded to some really mm-hmm. weird shit, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I remember the first time we did a fetish show, this, uh, our uh, Trixie Tang, who's not in the troupe anymore, but is still just like an amazing human and amazing performer, Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided together we would do this act uh, dressed as furries and that oh. was not something that I think I, I would have the confidence to do on my own but she was like mm-hmm. no I'm gonna be a fox you're gonna be a bunny it's gonna be fucking that, amazing that and we are gonna do cool. this yeah it was it was like, and honestly a lot of people were like was like that it was the best that was so much fun and what was really cool about it is that we wore the heads of the animals mm-hmm. the whole almost the entire act nice. so we really like played into this weird animal fetish stuff and um and so I don't know I mean I honestly probably wouldn't have been comfortable doing that unless I had like knowledge of the the kink and like open-minded community which I I did at the time so Mm -hmm. it's it's just made me a little bit more open to doing some weird and 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 (laughs) kooky stuff on stage yeah I love that Oh man, those photos are iconic. I feel like yeah. I don't know if we still use them today, but I think we still do every like eventually, like every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so good. Um, speaking of sexuality and kinks and bringing them more into your life, do you want to talk about briefly your podcast, Polyamory Uncensored? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I have uh, for the past two years or so, I think our two year anniversary is in November, actually. Um, I have run. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. We're on episode. I'm, I'm going to be editing an episode today, actually, episode 56. Mm-hmm. So we have been doing it for quite a while. And yeah. Um, we I, I, yeah, and so the, the, I, I'm the host of this podcast called Polyamory Uncensored. We interview a poly person every episode and then have a different topic that we talk about. And um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. We used to we used to record uh, in my bedroom, essentially. But, oh. Yeah, and I have this little podcast nook area in my bedroom. Um, but uh, throughout the pandemic, we've been doing phone conversations, which honestly has been really cool because we've been able to reach out to people in different states, in different areas, yeah. in different countries. We just talked to a woman in Austria, which oh, is wow. so cool. Yeah, it's so, so cool. amazing. So yeah, so we've really been able to, to branch out of just the Milwaukee community, but it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to have interviews in person again, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a great time and it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people have responded really positively to the podcast. So I think other mm-hmm. people are liking it too, which is great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah poly- Polyamor Uncensored. We're here on the Anchor app. We're also on Google Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Yeah, I, I definitely really like the podcast. I listen to it occasionally. Like I listen to that and I get the Multi-Amory podcast. I know they're on YouTube and mm-hmm. I love the Multi-Amory like podcast. They are, yeah. they're a lot more informational than interview based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the, 
I like both aspects. So like I having, I like having both sides of like just yeah. informational and getting to know a person uh, and hearing people's stories, but they are like super academic and their podcast is so informative. So yeah, yeah I, I always tell people to start with the multi-amory podcast if they're getting into yeah. polyamory. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Especially, especially, especially if they're not into books, like I always tell people to like, there are lots of like beginner's guides, I guess, and like the ethical slut and things like that. But I'm like, if you're not into reading or you don't want to do audible on this book, check out this, these podcasts. I also mm-hmm. recommend yours and the multi-amory podcast. And they're like, all right, cool. It's just so much information too. Like the, the multi-amory yeah. crew has been doing podcasts for years and they have years. so many episodes and they have so much great information. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a wealth of knowledge, honestly. Yeah. So it's really, I think it's not incredibly difficult to find this information because people still ask me and they have all these weird assumptions when I'm sure you probably get these questions also where people have assumptions about being poly in this day and age, which I, 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 I'm like, the internet's there. You can research it, but people will do like, yeah, yeah, they'll do like a very quick search and be like, oh, it's this? That's wrong. I'm like, you're looking at the wrong Mm, thing right now. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely. No matter how much polyamory is, is in popular culture or the occasional show or something will mention it like it's still very highly misunderstood and you know people Mm -hmm. are assuming it has something to do with uh like religion which not really and and then or uh and even if it's like it's either mormonism or paganism and i was like well i'm not i'm neither so i don't know what you're talking about um and or they think it's cheating or they think it's swinging Mm -hmm. there's so many misconceptions about it so yeah there's definitely still a lot of education to do Mm -hmm. and it's I don't want to say it's hard work, but it's like a steady working thing. If people are really willing to listen and learn, they have to be open to these things. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yep. It's, yeah. it's an ongoing thing. Every, I feel like every, you know, person I, I come in contact with that has misconceptions. And if I can alleviate some of those myths and misconceptions, then that's one more person that can then spread the knowledge to their friends and their yeah. coworkers. And, they, you know, like, so it's a, a good virus you're spreading it around (laughs) you're spreading your knowledge yeah yeah do you feel like um you do that with burlesque as well like people ask you well isn't burlesque just like stripping or it's like fancy classy stripping or whatever like what do you say when people say things like that to you I feel like I used to get that a lot more I feel like now people understand a little bit more about like what burlesque is but gosh Mm -hmm. back in the early like early days of burlesque I got that a lot like what is the difference Mm -hmm. between stripping and burlesque and honestly now my my answer is well strippers get paid like they make money you know that's <laughs> they, the only difference they make, more <laughs> they make more money that's it yeah um i used to say like well burlesque is classy and i'm like no stripping is classy like stripping is mm-hmm. fucking awesome stripping is an mm-hmm. artwork stripping is yeah. hard fucking athletic work yes. and then i'm like no the difference is strippers get paid that's it that's yeah. it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they get paid the way more they, they don't have an hourly rate and most burlesque performers wouldn't have an hourly rate some of them do if they have like other skills like if they're doing like freak show stuff or like um lira or like hula hooping like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff where they're constantly interacting or constantly working you know but yeah yeah strippers get paid yeah, strippers like a lot mm-hmm. a lot more and they're putting in a lot more work too like it's not and, just yeah that's what i'm three saying minutes it's, like, a night. it's athleticism at play here like it is like they are like olympic level fucking strong ass uh dancers and i'm like yeah i'm i i dance for three minutes and then Mm -hmm. an hour later i'll dance for another three or four minutes and then i'm done you know (laughs) yeah right 
So, um, so th- yeah, I, I used to get a lot more of that. And I think that, I think honestly, even just in the past 10 years, even stripping has become a, people look at it a little differently. It's not quite the like, oh, only like drug addicts and, and sex workers do that. It's like, no, yeah. uh, this is very hard work and very beautiful art. Yeah. And, uh, and more people are going to like, pole dancing classes yeah exactly so people I think people understand a little bit more about like what stripping is and that it's not Mm -hmm. something that people just like that only people do when they're out of luck and can't do anything Mm -hmm. else like no people audition to be strippers like it's a job it's not everyone can do just like not everyone can do it yeah exactly so so I feel like it's getting I I think I feel like it's getting a little bit better uh that Mm -hmm. people are understanding things more and it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't get that as much anymore. Yeah, I, I think, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it as much anymore. Yeah. I feel like I get it occasionally. And I'm like, maybe read a book. But it's not going to be in yeah. a book. Well, well actually, it probably will be in a book. Because lots of, lot, like, burlesque evolved from stripping and, yeah. like, shaking and things oh, like absolutely. that. yeah. Well, and I get people who have seen the movie Burlesque with Christina Aguilera. Which, Zoom something entirely different. Yeah, you know, it's a musical. It's a, it's like a cabaret musical. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's they're, they almost never even show. They don't show tassels or pasties in the entire no. movie, not even once. No. And no. so I was like, wow, this is. And I watched the movie because I was like, I want to know what people are assuming I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I mean, this is beautiful, but it's not burlesque. Yeah, you know, they, these people are very talented but it's not burlesque, you know? So I was like, oh, wow, this is very weird and different. And so if people are making assumptions based on those kind of things, uh, it's not necessarily bad that they're making those assumptions. It's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's just, just not what we're doing. Yeah. So I feel like I, you know, half the time I'm just like, come to a show. If you don't know what we're doing, come to a show. That's it. Like yeah. just, just or, or Google it. I mean, like there's so yeah. many, there's so many burlesque numbers on YouTube right now. Uh, was it Viva La Burlesque? Oh, always updating like mm-hmm. with new shows putting classic stuff up it's literally everywhere there are free shows on instagram and facebook lots of times like oh yeah oh yeah yeah if you look for it yep yep yeah if you don't know what it is and you want to just google it i mean there's so many options out there (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's very readily available these days not as like not nearly as like hidden or taboo as it used to be which is really great. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to lie about going to burlesque show you go with your partner that's like most of the people who are there are couples yeah yeah we get lots of poly people coming to shows which i love oh yeah i'm like hey (laughs) yeah yeah half my group goes yeah i invite them i mean i'm i'm very open about that yeah 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 i love that well i think that might be yeah about our time no i'm just i'm i'm excited you're putting this together because i think this is really this was a really great conversation i think a lot of fun information to share Mm -hmm. to folks so yeah i'm excited to hear it i'm excited for you to start this little especially if you are gonna um uh, interview a bunch of burlesque dancers because I want to hear all yeah. the other people's I want to hear how everyone started like oh yeah a, definitely yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm interviewing so cool. all, the, all the bombshells first and a bunch of like drag artists and talking about lots of things and like cosplayers everybody oh that's awesome I love that yeah and again congrats on 10 years of performing burlesque thanks Thank you so much to my guest, Polly Amore. You can find her on Facebook, facebook.com slash and on Instagram at Lady Pearl. She is a knitting crochet artist, 
she does knitting but she also does nerdy themed yarn boxes like every month they're really cool definitely check her out lady pearl on instagram and and of course the polyamory uncensored podcast on spotify and anchor.fm and of course check out the brucey bombshells on facebook and instagram check us out wherever you can You can find me at youtube.com slash lavish jewels if you want to look at me if you want to look at me in still motion you can find me on instagram at instagram.com slash looking underscore lavish underscore jewels and on facebook at jewels and technicolor jewels spelled j-u-l-e-s all jewels spelled j-u-l-e-s and I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash lavishjewels. I have to double check that because I haven't updated it. And on ko-fi.com. And I think that's about it. <laughs> Hopefully I'll remember all of them for the next one. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening.